You're listening to the All The Things Podcast, and I'm your host, Sophia Merlo. Each week, you can expect tips and tricks from beauty to business experts, or from myself as I navigate life as a young woman in her 20s. Every episode is chocked full of value, tangible advice, while still sprinkling in relatable stories and keeping things real with my guests and you listening. Be sure to subscribe and tune in every Thursday so you don't miss an episode. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the All The Things podcast. As soon as you become a listener, I actually become your new online internet bestie. If you haven't done so already, make sure you are subscribed so you never miss a new episode every Thursday. Also, if you haven't done so, I would absolutely love you if you left us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I see and I read all of them. Thank you so much to everyone that's left a review already. Or you can send your favorite episode of the podcast to a friend who needs to hear. Make sure you're caught up with us on all of the socials. That is at all the things the pod on Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Twitter, and YouTube. Our website is at allthethingstheblog.com or send us an email if you want to get in touch. And that is at allthethingstheblog at gmail.com. This week on the podcast, our guest is Dawn, the founder of a wellness, health, and psychedelic company, Fungal Friend. I have received so many requests over the last few months to bring on a guest in this space, and I'm so glad and honored that I can provide a platform that offers some insight and knowledge on the topic that's easily accessible to everyone. I understand that there are still many taboos that surround alternative methods of wellness, including psilocybin, but that is why I wanted to open up the conversation. I, of course, have to preface that this episode does not contain any medical advice. This is simply just a conversation for your entertainment. If you have specific questions of how psilocybin or other wellness or health methods may impact you or your own health, you need to go and ask a doctor for that information. With that being said, there have been some very promising clinical trials showing that psilocybin may lead to improvements in terms of mental health. I personally believe that mushrooms are and will be the next big thing in wellness and love that I was able to have this conversation. In this episode, you can expect topics such as what is microdosing, what can you expect from a microdose, why do people microdose, and so much more. With that as a little teaser, let's get right into this episode of All The Things With Fungal Friend. So I want to get right into it. My first question for you, Dawn, is what led you on your journey to discovering the world of plant medicine? I grew up in uh, in Nanaimo on Vancouver Island, and mushrooms were always just a huge part of what we did. Um, we would go camping on weekends. We did it in a very different way than than I do it now, and that I suggest people do it for the most part. It was a it was a campfire in a Ziploc bag, and you just eat a big handful and see what happens. <laughs> so it's always been uh, a bit of a part of my life and something that I've been comfortable with. But I would say the next part of that journey and and sort of what led me to where we are now. I was uh, on Denman Island with some friends and somebody had a, a little mushroom capsule that he called a Scooby snack. And I said, yeah, yeah, let's get weird. Let's get into it. So we just had one and you know, there's only so much that you can pack into those little capsules. So we had one of these little capsules. It was a beautiful sunny day and we hopped on our bikes and we started riding across the island and it was just the, the most beautiful 
feeling. It was just a tickle. It was just a bit of a glow. That's where the name glow came from for our capsules. It was just this beautiful glow on the day. And it was my favorite day of the summer. So we got home and I said, I want to, I, I need those in my life. So I sort of figured out a, a, a recipe that works, sort of a pretty standard recipe that has been tweaked since. And I just started making them uh, just for myself. And then, you know, some friends wanted some and then more friends wanted some. And then that that little circle of people who wanted uh, who wanted what we were making grew. And that was <laughs> sort of the that was the birth of Fungal Friend, how it exists now. I'm sure you became pretty popular quite quickly as you're experimenting <laughs> yeah. with things. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'll be a, a, a tester for you. I was so grateful for the testers because I was testing on myself to the point where it was like, I can't do this anymore. I need, I need a month before <laughs> I try another recipe or another dose level. I just, and then, you know, a couple of people said, well, you know, if you need a tester. And I went, oh, thank God, please take these. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love how it seems really like an organic thing for you. This was part of your life, a part of your social scene. And now They're becoming quite trendy, but I really believe that mushrooms are going to be the next wave of wellness, not just like there's still some taboos around it. And we'll get into that as well. But it's becoming so dominant in a bunch of different spaces. So the fact that Mm -hmm. we're making it cute, we're talking about it. It's so different from growing up with your friends and maybe having to hide your little baggie. Yeah, it is. But I I also think that there's, I think that there's a comfort in that. I think in having, you know, there are people who have been comfortable for so long. I think that that, that there is a comfort for people who haven't been involved for that long, you know, maybe knowing that, that I have been for, for 20 years and how much I love it and how important I think that it is. I think that, um, maybe not like a pillar, but I think that it's it's nice for people to be able to to look toward people who have been involved for so long. Yeah, definitely add some credibility to this whole world. But for those who sure. aren't familiar at all or still have some apprehensions, can we give out some fast facts about psilocybin? So in terms of wellness, I know there've been some studies and clinical trials for PTSD, mental health, but just some things that you always like to tell people that are new to this world? Yeah, I mean, those are the biggest things, especially, I mean, those are two of the biggest things. And that was always uh, what I shared when people would ask about microdosing, you know, the effects that it's had on uh, anxiety, depression, um, it's curing PTSD. Um, And then, you know, on, on the positive side, the increased flow state, the creativity, one of the biggest things for me, actually, that I find isn't talked about a lot, but but I find the most palpable when I'm microdosing is um, my increased feelings of empathy. I sometimes have a tendency, I can have a tendency toward apathy, and I find that my my, my heart opens up to an extent when I am consistently microdosing. I find myself so much more empathetic. I find myself thinking more about how my actions are going to affect the people around me. That's so interesting. That's something that in my own research, anecdotal talking to friends that are familiar with mushrooms in that world, I actually haven't heard that come up at all. So I like having your take on it. Again, you've had years of experience and now you're in business in this world. So that's a completely different side of things too. But can you talk a little bit more on other people's experience in terms of mental health, like some nitty gritty, if someone 
is in a depressive state or really anxious, how could this help them in terms of microdose? We'll get really into microdosing later. Sure. It's a great tool. <clears throat> so I have people, you know, that, uh, that'll reach out and say, you know, that they try it and that it didn't work for them. And you, we have a bit more of a conversation and what that looked like, how they were using it. Um, and I feel that sometimes people, you know, there is a reliance on it, which I don't think is going to cut it for me. The main ones that I always talk about and what's been really helpful for me in the past is meditation, journaling, consistent exercise, getting outside and microdosing. Those are the things that really work well together for me. And I think that that's a really good baseline. I think that if you handed that package to most people, that that would really work. But everybody has their things that that will work alongside microdosing. But I think that that's sort of the thing. It's it, For me, it's meant to be used in conjunction with other things that we know are going to make you feel good. And when you add it to that package, I just, it, it can't be beat. No, I I personally haven't tried uh, microdosing, but I like how you say in conjunction of other things. It's not that this is the be all end all. You're not promising outrageous effects or outrageous improvements, but it's another tool to have if you're experiencing some of these things. And I think just optimizing For your sure. health as well, no matter how great life is, we're all going to experience times when we're stressed out, when we're anxious. And here's another thing that could maybe help improve your life or improve how you deal with things too. Sure. I want to get a bit more onto the company side of things. You've already touched on this, but how has your fungal friend changed the narrative surrounding magic mushrooms? It sounds like from my perception that you're focusing more on the wellness side of things. Exactly. Sure. I think one of the things that I'm so incredibly lucky to have the team that I have, we couldn't have done what we're doing now without the the people I have around me. And we're all so good at our little things um, or big things. So one of the things that we wanted to do right from the beginning, and one of the things that I leaned on them for was when we were developing the brand, I didn't want guys like myself are not our target market. Our target market are people who maybe haven't even done mushrooms or maybe did a little bit one time and and they want to know more and they're not super comfortable. So that was part of the idea with even the brand design is we wanted to be really, really approachable, almost surgical to an extent. You know, there's so much of the psychedelic, the trippy branding out there with other mushroom companies. And we really wanted to steer away from that. So I think that that right from that point, we were sort of attracting a certain target market, especially on the backside of the pandemic, we really wanted to lean on the mental health side. Our microdoses are by far the mo most popular, because there, there is more of a, it's more about mental wellness, rather than, you know, the glow and the shine capsules, which are definitely a recreational dose. And those are becoming more popular. And it's interesting, I see people's orders as they order again and again, and it starts with a rise capsule. And then it's a rise in the glow, maybe the next time and then, and then it's all three the next time. So it's super exciting seeing that. And the, it's almost like I have a connection with the people who order over and over because I'm seeing their, I'm seeing the way that their orders uh, grow over the, you know, the year we've been doing this. I, I love it. It's pretty exciting. It built a bit of a connection there. Yeah, totally. You see their whole journey yeah. from yeah. beginner, beginner, as they get more into this world and more comfortable. But I can attest as well, just doing my research for the podcast, 
the brand is very approachable. I think that there's not an element where it's too on that psychedelic rave crazy side where people who are interested but a bit afraid would be turned off. And that was actually why I was also really interested in having you on the podcast. Mm, Thank you. I think it'd be great for my audience. And I know there's a lot of people, including myself, that are interested. Mm. But it's almost like a red flag goes up when it leans too far one way. kind of gets rid of that trust factor for me. So I really appreciate that things are clearly laid out for whatever stage you're in. Oh, thank you. I want to get more into microdosing though. So what is microdosing and how does that differ than a regular dose or a recreational dose, as you said? So typically uh, a microdose is is 5 to 10% of what you would call a trip dose. And there are so many, you know, there's, there's a microdose, there's a mini dose, there's a macro dose, there's everything in between. Some person's trip dose is different than somebody else's. If you look around and you try to find exact numbers on what all of these things are, it, anywhere you look, it's all different. So I like to err sort of on the smaller side of, of what we would call a trip dose. So if a microdose is five to 10% of a trip dose, then a, then a trip dose is, you know, around one or two grams. Depending on who you are, one or two grams is still a bit cruisy. <laughs> but, but like I said, like for who, who, for who we're speaking to, one to two grams, that's definitely a, a pretty good dose. So we go about 10% of that uh, at the 100 milligram range. At 100 milligrams with a microdose, the idea is not to feel anything which again is a bit of a misnomer because you do feel it, but you're not, it's subperceptual. You know what I mean? You're not going to, there's a saying that if you see even like a little extra sparkle on a rock when you've done a microdose, that's too much. Oh, wow. Nothing. But there is a feeling, you know, there is a feeling of, of lightness. There can be a feeling of just moving through your day in a different way. So it's a very, very small dose, subperceptual dose but it can have such an impact. So the, the schedule that, that we use, it's, it's sort of a three-day rotation. It's what I recommend, especially for people when you're getting started. And then once you've been going for a little while, play around with it. When I microdose now, for the most part, I'll just, uh, if I'm going to go for a walk, then I'll take a little micro. But I'm not really using a schedule right now. I just kind of like, I feel for myself. I'm like, you know what? Today would be a good day. Let's get into that. But uh, so your, your first day, you would, you would take a microdose. So that's your dose day. Then your second day is what you call the glow day. So often that next day after your microdose, you can feel the, the, the effects of the dose even a little bit more than you do on that first day. And then your third day is what we would call like a baseline day, sort of a return to, to your baseline or your homeostasis. And then you go, which would be either your first day again or your fourth day, depending on on what b- works best in your brain for keeping track of it, then you would then you would have another dose day. And it's important to, to take that time in between because your body can definitely develop a tolerance toward the effects of mushrooms. Right. So if you were to take it every day, you would just you would just get lost in it. This is so new to me, but I like the fact that there is a schedule to it and there's kind of a blueprint of how to get into it and get the most effects, most benefits without overwhelming yourself, especially. I think most of my listeners are beginners, so I'm speaking to that audience. Yeah, definitely. But with that, so you get the effects and you feel that kind of glow, you feel a little bit happy, but you don't notice visual things or what people might 
think of what's depicted in TV on a microdose. What we talked about the mental health aspect, are there other health related benefits to microdosing? Or can we talk a little bit more the nitty gritty of the mental health benefits if that's the main area? Yeah, I would say that it's, I would say mental health is what's being affected the most. I don't know of any physical benefits other than, you know, the the correlation between when when your brain is good, your body's good. You know what I mean? Uh, so I think that totally. the, the effects would be indirect. But yeah, I, I would say mostly mostly mental health related for sure. Yeah, mental health and physical health are not mutually exclusive. If one is going up, the other one is often going up as well. There's such a direct correlation for me between if if my mental health is good, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm exercising all the time. I'm out there, you know, at least every couple of days moving. If my mental health is not good, it's I'm, I'm not outside. I'm not exercising and they go hand in hand. And it's like, it, it, it can take you on such a negative tra- trajectory because you're trying to take care of one and you're not taking care of the other. And it's like, which one is actually affecting the most, you know? I want to get into a bit of the do's and don'ts for microdosing right now. Are there any situations that would be a red flag for microdosing? So a sitting, types of people that you're around, or things that you should be doing to make sure that you have a positive experience? One of the biggest things that I suggest is when you're getting started, avoiding caffeine, just because, and I now, I love caffeine with my microdose. But when I was getting started, mushrooms are a stimulant. And also in in our rise capsule, there's ginseng, there's reishi and cordyceps. Ginseng is definitely a stimulant. So there's already a little bit of a a boost in there that can create, especially for people who are prone to anxiety, such as myself, that can, it can get, it can get heavy when you put those things together, just, just overstimulated. So that's one of the things that I always suggest is, um, is avoiding caffeine. The other thing that I always say is like, especially for your first time is make sure you've got a day I always suggest Sundays because that's, you know, a day that most people can just do their thing, do the thing that makes them happy. Take a Sunday, take your first dose, get out into the trees if you can, and just go for a walk, have a look around, think, reflect, meditate, journal, do all those things that that make you feel good, and then see how you feel. Maybe you don't feel anything. Maybe you feel great, but that that's the best way to uh, to start it out and sort of begin your journey with it, in my opinion. I know it's so different for each individual person, but do you think it'd be better to be alone or with a group of people if it's your first time microdosing? Or does it even matter? Personally, I think alone. I think that it's more introspective for me. I want to I spend the time. I want to see how it makes me feel. I think that if there was a group of people, there could be a tendency to just kind of get lost or to have that get lost. You know what I mean? To have your dose get lost. Um, with all of the people around you. So for me personally, I I think it's a day of introspection. I love that approach. Again, it ties back to the whole wellness thing versus just getting kind of crazy with your friends to each their own. But personally, I think I would be freaking out a little bit unless I was with my (laughs) core group of friends that there's just no judgment. Like, I don't know if paranoia is a side effect at all, like it is with 
uh, marijuana, yep. but I think I would get way too in my head. Yeah, I mean, and with the with the heavier doses, for sure, you can definitely get in your head. You can get paranoid. I would suggest once you get into higher doses, definitely do that with a like minded group of people who are probably going to engage in the same thing. And you know what? And even now that you've said that, if there were a few of you who were sort of starting your microdose microdosing journey together. And you are sort of on the same page and so trying to accomplish the same thing. That could actually be a beautiful way to start the journey is if there are maybe three or four of you who tried it for the first time and you get outside and maybe you're sharing, you know, if you're feeling some kind of way and you can open up to these friends that you're out with. I think, yeah, that could be a beautiful way to do it for sure. Going back to that group of people that you trust and are comfortable with, I think is the key thing. For sure. Are there any activities you said getting out, journaling, meditating, are there any activities that are really beneficial to do microdosing or things that people shouldn't be doing? You know, I, do, I, I think just anything that, that, that brings you joy, anything that, that would be your favorite thing to do on any given day. I think that that's the thing to do in terms of things not to do. Not necessarily, you know, if I had to do something that was kind of heavy. You know, actually, I was talking to a friend. And he came in, uh, he grabbed some microdoses from me, and he said he was going to have a really com- a really challenging conversation with his mom. And he wanted to have a little microdose before he headed into it because oh, he wow. knew that he was maybe going to be a little bit more intentional with the conversation that he was about to have. I mean, operating heavy machinery, maybe don't do your first time microdosing, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think that it can be it can be so beneficial for for positive experiences in our life, but it can also be so helpful for for negative experiences. Right. No, that's like an interesting point too, because it is so introspective is what I'm really gathering from this as well. So I feel like you have to know yourself with this too. For your first time, it sounds like don't take a bunch of capsules, show up to work, go for a long drive or anything, be smart about it, use your wit. Yeah. But then it's like, once you know your body and your response, you can kind of tailor it to what you need as well. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. For sure. And you know, lots of people, I know lots of people that microdose and go to work, myself included, I wouldn't suggest it in your first, you know, week or two. Again, lots of people drink coffee and microdose. There's so much of it is figuring out how this is going to affect you, figuring out the best way to get the most out of the experience. Is there anyone though, I want to get really specific. I'm asking you a lot of nitty gritty questions, but I think this is what my audience wants. Okay, no, good. Great. I love it. Who would be maybe a poor candidate for microdosing? Is there anyone that you think maybe they should stay away? Any characteristics, any health issues? I think the worst thing that happens is just that people wouldn't feel anything. I don't think that there's going to be anybody who microdoses and it and it turns them into a monster. But the the worst the worst feedback I've ever gotten was just that yeah, I tried them for a while, didn't really feel anything. And you know, everyone's different and it's in the beginning it was hard to read that and and just take it for what it was. I wanted to go like no, you idiot. It's good for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but everyone is different and everyone, I think that some people maybe just aren't open to the experience. And also some people have really high tolerances for psilocybin. Mm-hmm. So there are a couple of, a, a few demographics that I don't think are going to see the same benefits, but I don't think there's anyone that it's going to like turn into a monster. I, I do get emails sometimes and it, it's a challenging one because I, they're, 
groups of people that I think would benefit so much, but I get emails about using them with SSRIs, any antidepressants or uh, anti-anxiety medication. And I just can't speak to that. So I always just have to say I, I wouldn't mix them just because I'm not a doctor. I'm not even close to a doctor. So I, I just can't speak on that. And it's hard because I've heard of people having positive experiences after getting off of those medications. So that is something that I would say is like, just just don't mix it. Right. Okay. So thing to be cautious of if that applies to you. And we're in 2022. Do not be afraid to go to your health expert, whether that's a doctor, naturopath, whoever you see, and talk about that this is something you're interested in, whether it be for recreation or a type of treatment. Be honest. The conversation is open. There's fungal friend. There's brands that are out here now. It's not something you have to hide. So I really encourage people to, if they're curious, but maybe they have a, a health condition or on different medications, be honest about that before, just so you have peace of mind as well going into this experience. I have loved this conversation. Don, before I let you go, I have a question that is what I ask all of my guests. And that is, is there a product, TV show, book, anything that you're loving and that you want to recommend to the listeners? You know, uh, staying on topic with, uh, with psilocybin, everything by Michael Pollan. Uh, if we're talking books, he how to change your mind. For me, if I were to, to to suggest to anybody that is interested in psilocybin in any capacity, check out how to change your mind. He has become at about sixty five. He has become the face of psilocybin. I think it was when he started writing how to change your mind. He's an immersive journalist, and one of his other books, The Omnivore's Dilemma, changed the way that I eat and how to change your mind. He essentially, he's an immersive journalist at around 65. He had his first mushroom trip and he has become such an advocate for psilocybin, like one of the biggest ones. There's a few huge names and just in such a short period of time, he's become so huge in the industry, but also all of his other books are incredible. So check out Michael Pollan. Oh, I'll have to look him up. Again, I love that story. Just the fact that he was 65. You can reinvent yourself over and over at any age at any given time. Totally. And actually, they just turned um, How to Change Your Mind into a Netflix series. So it's a four-part series, and one of the, one of the entire uh, episodes is about psilocybin. So check that out, and then if that speaks to you, check out his book. He is, uh, he's incredible. I love everything he does. I'll be watching that this weekend. <laughs> yeah, good. Get into it. Right on. Well, Don, thank you so much for your time and for speaking about this. I'll have all the links in the show notes, but where can everyone find you and find your fungal friend? Uh, on Instagram, we are your.fungal.friend and uh, the website is fungalfriend.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. You're welcome back anytime. I'd love to collaborate with you in the future too. Thank you so much for having me, Sophia. Wait, you cannot hang up on me just yet. First of all, thank you so much for listening to the full episode. If you know someone else that would receive value from this conversation, please send it over to them. Never be afraid to let me know who you want to see as a guest next on the podcast. I always want to create content that would be helpful to you listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day or week whenever you're listening to this, and I'll talk to you soon.